Hello everyone and welcome to a brand new podcast here on 4Lads. Um, I guess we're calling this 4Lads Bite Size, although given how me and uh, especially one of my other guests talk, it might go a little bit longer than what you think is Bite Size, but we'll see how we go. It's the first one. So without further ado, introducing my two co-hosts. First of all, Kenny. <laughs> Hi Andrew, how are you doing? Oh, okay. Thank you for introducing me, because I didn't do that, because why would I? <laughs> We're starting as we mean to go on. And uh, joining myself and Kenny is uh, Andy. How are you doing, mate? Evening, guys. Yeah, I'm doing well, thanks. Lovely stuff. Um, so, yeah, uh, this is uh, you know, going to be, I think, adding a little bit more flavour to what Stevie typically does in terms of his post-match uh, reaction podcasts. Uh, what we want to do is, you know, dig a little bit deeper into some of the bigger events and... Uh, probably as the season gets back underway again for the second half, start to look to do some previews and reviews of the games and, uh, you know, have a little bit more of a chat and a bit more time to dwell on some of the bits that happened in the game, some of the key moments, that kind of thing. Um, Our plan at the moment is uh, obviously the podcast that you're listening to. If you've looked at the title, you know that we're talking about the season so far and our expectations for the second half. We're also planning to do a little transfer roundup podcast, which will probably be with you uh, towards the end of this week, uh, where we'll look ahead to what we expect for the transfer window. We'll also look at transfers that have happened or or that we hope that will happen uh, in uh, due course. But yeah, we're, we're doing this, uh, it's obviously brand new. We want to do this with the participation of the audience as well. So please feed back to us. Let us know what you like, what you don't like. If you tell us the entire thing's terrible, probably won't pass that on to Stevie. We'll keep that one to ourselves. But everything else, constructive criticism, is obviously very welcome. So without further ado, and conscious of our time limit set by the big boss, what we want to do first is look back on how our season has gone so far. We uh, obviously know that we've had two managers uh, so far this season which is never really a good sign and uh, it's fair to say that it's been a mixed bag of results um, but we do find ourselves halfway through the season eight points back with a game in hand and with one trophy under our belt so um, Kenny I'll start with you first mate we uh, obviously went into this off the back of a fairly big summer spend under Michael Beale no director of football but um, I think it would be not unreasonable to say that the consensus towards the end of last season was, okay, things haven't been perfect, but he's got that win over Celtic. Let's see how he does with his own players in. We clearly, as a club, backed the uh, the manager in terms of financial outlay, but um, we're not going to go through every game in detail, but uh, it's probably worth looking back at the uh, results at the start of the season against Killy and uh, how that really set the mood for the uh, the season going forward. Yeah, it was a pretty grim 90 minutes, that, wasn't it? Um, you put your faith in Michael Beale and his signings, and it just didn't look right at all from start to finish. Uh, tough pitch. It was very hot that day, if I remember right, and it was just a, a very disjointed performance. We didn't really look anything like what you would hope we were going to be. But to be fair, we had seen signs of that already in pre-season. We hadn't had a good you know, performance really at all in pre-season either, Andrew. So yeah. the, the right might well have been on the wall much, much quicker than we perhaps thought it was going to be, to be honest. But I, I came away from that game very, very deflated, I have to say. 
Yeah, I mean, it's never a great way to open up your season, uh, getting a beating off of uh, Killy, although they would go on strength to strength uh, throughout the course of this uh, first half, at least. So um, you can't say it was a one-off result, unlike certain others that we'll get to later on. But we um, we continued in. We've got our Champions League qualifiers. Um, again, a nice position to be in. Uh, but as we, I think we'd prove getting eventually a 3-2 win on aggregate over Servette. And then as we go into the uh, the latter bits of August, eventually we um, get a draw relatively respectfully against uh, PSV at Ibrooks. But Andy, then we go to their place. And uh, yeah, it's, I think it's fair to say that things don't go well for Rangers um, come that uh, return fixture. No, no, it definitely didn't go well at all. It was... Um... One of those nights where the five, you know, the five-one flattered us. I think worryingly, you know, I think Jack Butland was our man of the match, and that kind of says mm-hmm. it all. I mean, it was only a year ago that we obviously knocked PSV out, but one thing, PSV are a good team. You know, they had really good players, but I think it was the manner of the defeat that was really worrying. You know, it was the way we kind of just capitulated and collapsed and just gifted them goal after goal. I think, I think that was the real thing that kind of knocked the stuffing out of everybody. You know, if you if you go down two-one away from home, you go down fighting. Fair enough, they're a good side, we know that. But, you know, I think just the manner of the defeat just absolutely knocked the stuffing out of everybody. Yeah, I think that's it. Um, we've already had, obviously, one mood breaker with Killy. This one um, hurt a lot. Um, but uh, as we demonstrated, I think, last season as well, the Champions League increasingly feels like it's uh, something that's going to be shutting out teams from smaller leagues. You know, I include ourselves and obviously I don't really want to lump ourselves in with them but they've not exactly demonstrated a great deal of prowess in the Champions League either um, so increasingly it's it's a lot of money but with that on one hand PSV weren't exactly operating on a massive budget that was different to ours um, we were both in the same league Andy as you say we'd gone toe to toe with them and put them out uh, just the season prior so it was disheartening um, but the great thing was we had an old firm at home, Kenny, that we could bounce back from, you know, against a Celtic team who looked like they were there to be got at. So obviously that went really well, right? Yeah, that was that's when the writing was on the wall for, for Michael Beale, to be honest. Mm-hmm. You've got 50,000 people, you know, in the stadium. You've got no away support and you turn up and play like the away team. Uh, my abiding memory of that actually was the amount of shouting and bawling amongst the players at times. You, it was just really clear uh, watching it that that they didn't really understand what they were meant to be doing, Andrew. Uh, and that's where, you know, we've lost that game. We're maybe a little bit unfortunate to lose the game in, in some ways. But, um, yeah, set, the way we were set up that, that night, or that day, I beg your pardon, um, really did set alarm bells for me. I have to be honest, I, I, it was mm-hmm. not a good look for a, a Rangers manager to do that, I didn't think, to sit in yeah. and try and hit them on the break in, in, your own, you know, in your own stadium is a silly thing to do. Uh, and it turns fans against you really quite quickly, Andrew. Yeah, and, and better Rangers teams have lost Celtic in the past at home as well. But, you know, these things happen. A lot of it's down to the manner of the defence. Um, how it went about, how confident the manager was. It was widely said in the run-up to this, you know, it's the weakest Celtic defence that we've ever come up against. So they're there to be got at. And instead, we were passive, we were slow. As Kenny says, we were very disorganised, very disheartening. I want to just get a quick temperature gauge, Joe. Kenny, at this point, you said you were you were done. 
uh, I think if my memory serves me correctly, you were finished with Michael Beale at this point. Um, is that right? I don't want to misrepresent, misrepresent you here. I, I was by that point, yeah. I, yeah. I, I couldn't see any, any light at the end of the tunnel in terms of his signings at all. I thought, you know, he'd spent a lot of money in the summer uh, and we had regressed massively. Uh, you know, from a, what effectively last season was what wasn't a great Rangers side, and particularly up front wasn't great, and we yeah. looked worse. Uh, and and it was it was just one massive red flag after another. I thought at the start of the season that um, there was no cohesion to our play, yeah. uh, and that we were playing with a little bit of fear. I think, um, and quite clearly. I thought, I don't know what you you two guys thought, but quite clearly to me, I thought that the players didn't understand the message that the manager was trying to get across. And that yeah. particular game was the final kind of straw for me. I thought you had to go then, yeah. I think at that point, you've played a month's worth of football, um, plus the pre-season as well, uh, obviously in terms of friendlies. Um, yeah, uh, from my perspective, yeah, I, I think I was in the same boat as you, Kenny. Didn't see a, see a plan forward, quite frankly, in terms of how that manager was going to turn things around. Uh, Andy, how about you? Any uh, massive disagreements there? or No, and I think the thing that struck me at the end of the game was how toxic the stadium was. I mean, yeah. I think, I've had my season ticket for 20 years. Kenny's been going longer than me. I don't think I've ever seen Ibrox like that at the end of a game. You know, mm-hmm. you, you get you get booing, you get people unhappy, but I don't think I've ever seen it like that. And I think when things get that bad, it's a matter of time, you know, Beal's a dead man walking at that point. It's a case of how long, not not if he can turn it around. It's just a case of when he's going to go. Yeah, uh, I think there, it was kind of... There was a real venom in there, wasn't there, Andy? Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, real really anger, yeah. Yeah, and it would have taken, a, you know, some string of results, I think, to have turned that around, you know, for anybody. 100%. I think what what's remarkable is that we do go away on a, a, a short break. Michael Beale doesn't lose his job over that period. And then when we come back, we go on a run of what on paper looked like a fairly decent group of results. You know, win over St. Johnson. We get a 1-0 win over Real Betis at home, which is fantastic. Sets us up quite nicely for the group, um, as we'll see going forward. Routine win over Motherwell and a 4-0 win over Livingston. So things look like they're on track. But then, Andy, we come up against Aberdeen. I, I, Brooks, I mean, this this is, I, I think if we look at the season as a whole so far, and we'll obviously look ahead to the rest of the season, but for Michael Beale, this this one was, if the Celtic one was the final straw, this one was unequivocal. Yeah, the atmosphere after this one was brutal. Yeah, this was the final nail, wasn't it, in this case? And, you know, there just was no coming back from this one at all. I mean, it, you know, at that point it had to go... Aberdeen are a really poor side. I mean, you see that from where they, are, they were in the league. I think after this mm-hmm. game, it was only the points against us that kept them off the bottom of the table. That's right. Uh, yeah. And again, it was just a wee bit of adversity. You know, you lose you lose a goal and we just collapsed again. You know, it was just... And I think you saw it in the second half. Michael Beale didn't even leave his, his seat in the dugout. He sat there. I think he knew the writing was in the wall at that. But the good news is we got a <coughs> nice interim team of uh, managers to come in to uh, look after us. So, um, first of all, Michael Beale does get the sack after that result. I think it was if they thought they could hold on after the Celtic game, they couldn't hold on after this one. Unfortunately, the dream team of Stephen Davis and Alex Ray can't do a lot against Aris Limassol, who were absolutely our bogey team uh, this year in the Europa League, losing 2-1 um, away at their place. They turn things around with a 3-0 win against St Mirren and then we're into the break and uh, we're on the hunt for a manager. 
we don't have to wait long either because I think within a, the first few days, um, Philippe Clement is confirmed as our new manager and uh, he gets things turned around quite quickly with a 4-0 result over Hibs. Um, fair to say that he does quite well after that as well because we then go on an unbeaten run capturing you know a vital point against Sparta Prague away we take a run through Aberdeen again we go away to their place and we somehow contrive to drop two points then which is I think it's fair to say the the first blemish and then again we come up against Limassol in the Europa we lose another point there but the rest of the time we are then going on a run through to the League Cup final where we're just kind of hoping and praying that we don't cock things up. And before that, we have a game away in Real Betis where Kenny, through the miracle of the group stage, it all comes down to this game. If we win, great. We're going to win the league. We're going to win the Europa League uh, group and we'll go through, well, seeded through to the uh, round 16. Uh, We lose it. We are probably either conference league i don't think it was possible at this point for us to be out entirely but we were in a situation where we were looking probably at conference league football but miracle of miracles we get a 3-2 win away in real betis the hardest team on paper proving to be the one we got the most consistent results against yeah the the betis game is the game that i, I had to just put that game down to kind of free hit where yeah. I actually fully expected us to finish third in the group uh, and just kind of move on with it and not take the Conference League too seriously uh, when we come back after the winter break, if you like. But that was the night that I actually sat, my jaw kind of hit the floor a few times, how good we were on the night. Um, I, I was very, very impressed with Rangers that day. Uh, and it was it's the, it was the kind of confirmation that I wanted uh, about Philip Clement, if you like, where mm-hmm. I actually thought, you know, if if he's capable of doing this, uh, with with all due respect to with this group of players, uh, and it's it's not his own players, we know that obviously. Yeah. Um, what will he be able to do when he starts to mould and shape his own team? Uh, so he has my undivided support, <laughs> quite clearly, <laughs> but. Uh, that particular performance on the night, we actually went there. We had to ride our luck a little bit a couple of times, mm-hmm. you know, with them hitting the bar and stuff like that. But we played exceptionally well and just about shaded that game, I thought, in the end, yeah. purely on the basis of chances created and the fact that Betis kind of ran out of steam. Um, yeah. They kind of ran out of ideas about how to break us down. And I thought that was probably... In my opinion, our best performance of the season so far, Andrew. Yeah, no, I, I find it hard to argue against that. And then, Andy, happily, we don't let the European hangover affect us too badly because a couple of days later, we go to Hamden and manage to pick up the first silverware of the Big Phil era. So, um, fair to say that this uh, wasn't uh, exactly a sterling performance uh, either. Aberdeen having done their own uh, European adventures uh, a couple of nights previously as well, but... You know what? The most important thing is, on paper, I'm looking at it right now, and it looks like a Rangers got a 1-0 win over Aberdeen, which meant they lifted the cup. And in the end, that's the most important thing, right? Yep, that's all that matters. I mean, we have seen our record in the cup competitions under Gerrard. You know, Gio managed to pick up a Scottish Cup, but it's one thing we've not been good enough at. You know, we've missed really good chances for trophies in the past. We've been knocked mm-hmm. out by teams like Aberdeen, whether we've played well or not. So this was the big one, whether we could just go over the line, and we did. We were the better team. You know, Aberdeen weren't really in the game at all. You know, I don't think Butland had much to do until right, right near the end of the game. 
but it was just about getting that result, winning the trophy that you, you should win. You know, you get to the final against Aberdeen, you mm-hmm. should win it and, and doing what we should. That's something Rangers managers haven't done enough of in the past. So, you know, to come away with the cup after the win in Betis, you know, was a, a really huge moment. It was a big week for the club and a big week for the manager. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Unfortunately, Despite December, I think at least relatively speaking, being an exceptionally good month for us uh, with points being dropped on the other side of the city. Unfortunately, getting an old firm win at their patch proves a step too difficult. It's fair to say that we weren't probably just playing against 11 men that day. There were other factors, I think, at play which have been discussed extensively elsewhere. So I don't want to rehash that tonight because we've got two minutes left and otherwise Stevie will beat me up. So um, can't be having that. But I think, unfortunately, the old firm result is the only black mark that we can point to under Big Phil's um, regime. But that being said, we are, after a result against Killy, just to round out that first half of the season, we are eight points back, but with two games in hand, which are eminently willable, I would say. And um, despite how we started this season, there is still very much a tighter race on. But Kenny, I'll come to you first then. I'm I think it's fair to say I don't need to get your assessment of how things went under Mick Beale's part of this. But what are your kind of predictions? What do you think um, can be done with um, with Big Phil uh, into the second half of the season? And what are your expectations at this point? I have plenty of hope and expectation, actually, Andrew. I think uh, a lot will depend on what comes in and what goes out uh, in January now. But if we can improve... Uh, a couple of positions, particularly up front, I've got to be honest, I think we need another mm. striker in there, uh, a goal-scoring striker. Uh, if we can get that and he can tweak with the squad, then I'm very optimistic, Andrew, that we will challenge all the way through to the end uh, of this season. Um, and I think it will be a great learning curve for, for, for the manager in the sense that he will have had three-quarters of a season uh, going into next season to be able to understand the away grounds, the the teams that we're going to play. Uh, and I, I am full of optimism, actually, with this guy. I have to be honest, Andrew. I'm very, very impressed by Philip Clement so far. So more power to him. No, I'd love to hear that, Kenny. And uh, Andy, same question to you. Yeah, I, th- I think my concern is just how far we can drag this group of players. You know, I, I don't think he's got the, the best squad in the league. Mm-hmm. I think we're a bit short in certain areas and maybe that's where we can do a bit of work in January. But the manager's done it so far. If he can keep that going, if you can win your games in hand and put a bit of pressure on the other side of the city, you know, they've not had to deal with that for a while. So that's something we really need to try and do in the short term is just win, get a few wins on the board, put a bit of pressure on and see where that takes us. But, you know, the manager's done a tremendous job so far to drag this team as far as he has. And if he can just keep it going a little bit further, you know, there's a challenge there to be had. It's fair to say that with a, an actual striker up front, yeah, things just start looking a lot brighter already. So, um, yeah, we can hope. Um, but we'll be with you guys for the uh, the rest of the season going forwards. We will, as I said at the start, have another pod coming up uh, probably at the end of this week, talking about transfers, what we've got so far incomings outgoings and uh, what we hope to see continuing on that front and then we'll be back the following week to discuss our kind of friendly results what's been happening over the um over the break and uh yeah previewing the cup game against dumbarton so it's been a pleasure talking to you guys um i hope it's been okay for the for the first time you know they say that's always the uh, the toughest one but um kenny i'll come to you first mate uh thank you very much uh, it's been a pleasure back in the uh, back in the saddle again mate 
Yeah, good to be back, isn't it, Andrew? Thoroughly enjoyed that, mate. Thanks very much. And cheers, Andy. Enjoyed that. Yep, yep. thanks, guys. Thanks for that. Cheers, Andy. And, uh, yeah, everyone listening, we hope you uh, continue to follow, subscribe, like all the good stuff that we like people to do with the podcasts here over on Four Lads now. Uh, it's been a pleasure. We'll look forward to talking to you soon. But bye for now. Four Lads Bite Size Podcast is exclusively sponsored by Rhino Express in association with Zenith Coins, Alexander Campbell Interiors and Wrenchers Pools. Please don't forget to drop us a like and a follow if you enjoy all our content. And if you're listening on a podcast channel, please subscribe as it really helps the podcast grow. We hope you enjoyed the show. Bye for now.